0: She's on a passionate mission to change the lives of women. Since her days where she felt lost, had no one to confide in, had issues with body image and a terrible relationship with food, she now helps women to re-love themselves. On her journey of self-realization, she's participated in multiple fitness competitions, spoken on stages across Ontario, run boot camps for hundreds of clients, and provided professional makeup artist services for photo shoots, competitions, models, and magazines. These journeys and experiences have given her the expertise to help you achieve your own goals, whether it be to lose weight, connect on a deeper level with your loved ones, or to learn just how important it is to take time for yourself. You'll feel amazing, beautiful, and strong. Welcome to Relove and Rise. This is your life coach, Amanda Gazzola.
1: Hi, this is Amanda from the Real and Rise podcast. I am here with the handsome Gordon Melville today. He is one of the most inspiring people that I have met thus far in my journey and that's why I'm having him on here to discuss his story and where he can help people where the feelings shorten their lives. Gordon was divinely blessed early on in his life and to be personally mentored by some of the most iconic greats in the professional development world. He's been married 25 years and resides in Waterloo, Ontario, and is helping to raise three growing sons. He is a private wealth consultant, an author, and a speaker, and an international life coach. Gord is an entrepreneur at heart, founding one international and growing into two other companies rhinos and a two by four we're going to talk way more about this today because i am interested in finding out more about the rhinos and a two by four so hello gord how are you doing today
0: i'm good amanda how are you thanks for having doing
1: me great i'm doing great on this beautiful rainy day here in <laughs> ontario <laughs> well,
0: above the clouds it's sunny so that's awesome
1: it is above the size of It's so true it's so true so let's start here. How, who is Gord Melbell? How did this all begin and how can people know more about you and where to find you?
0: Okay, so um, it's been 30 years in the making and um, essentially running your, your body, um, I was always the energizer bunny and 300 miles an hour, um, 10 days a week, 480 days a year, right? That kind of a human, no breaks, no holidays, no nothing. Um, everything and everybody came before me. So before my own self-care, my own looking after Gord, um, strangers came before me. And so putting that much time and effort into it all, um, eventually your body says, okay, I'm out. And it took 30 years for that to happen for me. But um, at, at that point, my body just sort of checked out and said, you know what, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And it was a life-altering thing. It spent almost two years in bed. Um, with no energy and no ability to get up and move around and do my thing. What I was used to being me, um, wasn't there anymore. And it was a journey that took, had got very dark, very, very, very dark. Um, but it was a, it was a life changing thing for me because it helped me put perspective on what's going on. And it showed me how important looking after yourself is. Um, I'd always thought it was taught looking after me first was selfish. Mm-hmm. And um, um, a good friend of mine, Tony Robbins, had said to me, um, Gord, it's selfish not to look after you because if, if you slide sideways, everything else goes away. So I'm no good to my wife or my kids or the companies or anybody uh, if I'm not looking after myself. So it's not in a selfish way, um, but it's absolutely uh, imperative. And, and if that means I have to get up early, which I do, I'll get up earlier in the morning or I'll stay up a little bit later at night to make sure that I have that self-care time and whether it's meditation, it's medicine uh, plays uh, a part in all of that vitamins and, and my journaling, I write three journals. So, um, that helps, um, a little bit of exercise into there. And then eating properly, getting my, my rest is that's self-care stuff. Um, I've lost clients because I needed to do self-care and they weren't willing to work around that. And I have to be okay with that, right? In my private wealth management during RFP season, I lost an almost $2 million client because he couldn't, he wouldn't allow me to reschedule his appointment. And, and I, what I'm finding is there's other people that want to work with me that um, understand what self-care is about and understand how important that is. And um, I'm not willing anymore to s- sacrifice that.
1: There's, I love that. I really do, and it's because I, this is what I teach all the women that I'm working with, and it's very hard for them to get past that. You have to fill your own cup up first before you can give to other people. And why do you think that is so hard for people to understand that? You know, Why do we put such a selfish uh, incontation into something that, it should not be it, because doesn't it make sense to give to yourself a little bit more so you're being able to have more energy for other people?
0: Absolutely. You can't pour anything out of an empty pot, right? So you, you have to have to fill yourself. Um, Tony said to me, I spent a lot of time on the road and thousands and thousands of flights. And he says, Gord, what did the, the flight attendant say to you, say to everybody on the plane, every time you got on a plane during the piece at the beginning was was, you know what, in the unlikely event of a depressurization in the cabin, an oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling, and put your own on first before you try and help anybody else. Well, why do they say that? They say that because if you pass out, you can't help your children or the other people around. You have to put your own on first. And um, that impacted me, and I was like, you know what, that's right, I, I have to look after, but I think as a society and as the generation, certainly my generation and before, we're always told, you know what, looking after yourself is selfish. You, you can't, everybody comes before you. Um, and certainly when you're kids um, and, and spouse, everybody goes, no, no, they come before. No, no they don't, they can't. Um, and, and I think the hierarchy of that, we have to give ourselves permission to do it. And, and I think sometimes we don't want to do what it takes. We, I think we use it as an out. But if I don't do myself, well, no, I got to look after my kids, or I got to look after my husband or my wife, or I got to look I got, I got these responsibilities at work. I have to look after that. Those things will still be there. Um, your wife and your kids, they'll understand because you'll be in a better place and way better in a position to help them or to spend time and enjoy the time. Um, because you're in a better place You're. but I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I find it has to be done outside of. So Sometimes we don't want to give up the sleep. We want to sleep more than yeah. we want to look after ourselves, right? And and or we want to party or we want to do the other stuff instead of looking after ourselves. And we go, oh, it's okay putting it off once is no big deal. But eventually, you put it off once, it puts off again, puts off again, puts off again. And the next thing you know, it's been six months and you haven't done any self care and you're getting sick. So um, it's it's just on purpose, intentionally doing it.
1: When you are working with your clients, and I'm sure you do like as a Wealth consultant, you're probably helping them through not just like the wealth part, but there's probably a lot of, you know, the personal stuff and the, the inner being and how to feel because, you know, what you put out is what you get back in and all that kind of stuff, right? How do, you, how do you tell your clients to incorporate more of that self-care time to help by themselves? Like even getting up earlier, how do, like how do you get them to start with that, that habit?
0: Um. I find you, it's it's kind of like trying to help a drunk person. How do you how do you help a drunk? You can't, no matter how badly you want to, and no matter how much pain they're inflicting on themselves and the people around them, until they want to. More than they want to do anything else, there's no way to help them. So, I, I, typically with my clients, I'll ask on a on a pre-launch form how important it is it, how important is it to you to have a better life? How important it is is it for you to have um, a, a better better attitude or a better self-care or better at work, or, right? Your relationships, all those different things, how important, on a scale of one to 10, how important is it is. And if it's not an eight or more, yeah. it, it, does, it doesn't work, right? I, I just look at them and go, you know what? I can't, I can't want better for you more than you want better for you. Right. And, and yeah. so you, until they understand, and, and I think once people do, whether it's life coach or it's, it's private wealth, So most of those people understand they've come to me specifically because they want that increase. So it's usually not a, it hasn't been an issue. Um, I find scheduling is a huge, huge deal. Time management is a monster thing. Um, Right. How does, how does Tony Robbins run 41 companies? How does uh, Branston run 400 companies? How do they do that? They have the same 24 hours a day, the rest of us have, but how do they do that? How do they maximize that time? And so, um, we look a lot into time management. We look a lot into how do I structure my day to get the most out of it, right? Whether that means getting up early, staying up late, but a lot of times it's, there's a lot of wasted time in most of our days. So it's trying to pick out those pieces and find it and plug it in.
1: Yes. Perfect. Perfect. What is the most critical part of your own, your self-care at this point? What's your most critical part?
0: My most critical part is my own attitude because my, what I think is, is that creates everything else, right? If, if, I, if I sort of look at myself and go, you know what, I have to have to get this done today, um, it happens because I, I make it a priority. If, if, if I think, and, and we, I don't think we understand how powerful that energy is, you can control your life through your thoughts. Um, and, and your attitude and I, my, my wife and my kids get frustrated with me. So my friends get frustrated with me because they're having a tough day and I go, Hey, it's a choice. And they're like, you know, kiss my butt Gordon. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not always an easy choice, but it's still a choice and it's something they can control. So, um, we're human life happens. It's going to happen that we all know it is, but I, I can be an emotion. I can have that initial emotion just for the quick second and then move on with, and I'm choosing not to stay there. I'm choosing not to live in that space. My, I am learning way more about the, the just recently lots about this energy and how we're all connected and energy. If you, if we look at our desk and our, you know, your shelves and and our books and whatever it, it looks hard. But if you look at it under a microscope, it's atoms. They're all moving and moving and moving, And right? Everything is moving. That means we're all connected. And if, if we put that negative energy out and we let it, fester in our head um, it will take away our joy and it'll take away and will stop us from getting the things that we want so so being a having a positive have choosing to have a positive mindset um, is the biggest thing with my self-care because if my brain goes it doesn't matter it goes away right I just doesn't happen so I have to believe it in myself and then I have to make that happen
1: that's awesome. I'm going to kind of bring it back to you know, because you're in quite a bit of a different place than, let's say, some of your friends and your family, where like, you know, they're having, you're, someone's having a tough day and you're like, it's a choice. And you're telling them that because you know the outcome of the, of how they can get out of that, that, that feeling in that stuck place. But sometimes, like, I, for me, for me, I have a, tr- a tough time with people thinking that too. And like, you know, they don't get where you're coming from or they don't think you're listening to what their story is or they don't get it. They don't understand, like, the agony that they're feeling or something. But in the end, you know that they can get themselves out and you're, you're waiting for that. But they, they like to feel like they want to just stay in that place sometimes because mm-hmm. – that energy—they're trying to analyze every aspect of it, and yep. it's just sometimes it's frustrating. I don't have like a solution for any of the things I'm saying. I, just, I feel like when I'm going through with the stuff that you're talking about, that people—they they feel like they don't get you, or they feel disconnected from you because you're thinking way beyond that they're feeling. You're just trying to get them out, and you're trying to help them through it, but they're not. That's not the help that they're feeling that like they need to seek or something.
0: Yeah. Well, and sometimes I think um, some of those people. When they're holding on to it, it goes back for me to whether they want out or not, right? And we all have stories. So um, I've heard you speak phenomenally at, at a Mo Mondays. That was awesome. You did phenomenally well. But Thank your, you. Your story and my story and all the other people that we see on a Mo Mondays stage or anywhere else where we read about their story, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And the one thing Mo Mondays is teaching me is that everybody, it doesn't matter who they are, Deals with stuff, right? And things that might be hard for me might be easy for you, and things that are easy for you might be hard for me. So um, it's different for all of us. But in trying to get um, them engaged and wanting to do the change, so I, because I have my own stuff and my own my own uh, pieces to carry, it's not a, it's not. A, I don't want to pick up their stuff. So I'll listen to the initially. I'll listen to whatever that, right? Because I need to hear. But I think sometimes it's their they're getting my heart. And, and I think once we understand the person's heart and where they're coming from and they understand that I care, um, a lot of times you hear people say, well, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, that kind of concept. Um, but if they understand that you care about them and are just trying to help them through, um, I think sometimes we get stuck in our own rut where we say the same story over and over and over and over and over to ourselves, And especially if it's a negative thing, it holds us down. And and so, um, sometimes to break that, that cycle of, no, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. So step back. Let's, let's take a 40,000 foot view of it. Um, yes, it's bad. Yes. It's horrific. Yeah. It's horrible. yes lots of different things. Let's, let's reframe it. And then, and to be able to deal with it from a different place, because I think a lot of times we get, um, um, we look at the problem. Like this, and it's so close, to, we can't see anything else. We can't see the solution. We can't see options. We can't see opportunity. We can't see anything because we're so focused on this one thing. And so, to pull that away and be able to, there's lots of other options and there's lots of other opportunity if people can step back from it for a second. So, I think with my clients and with people I know, I'm trying to get them to do that if I can get them to step back. I don't want to discount what they're going through and what they're feeling. But at the same time, I, I'm not taking that on myself. And I'm trying to help them pull through by stepping back for a second, right? Um, sometimes we do exercises where I go, What would you tell a friend if they told you what you just told me? Right? Yeah. What would you say to them? And it, it spins it because I think we're hard on ourselves, way harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else, right?
1: Oh, 120%. And like that's where it starts is that you have to realize how hard that we can be on ourselves especially if you don't even know sometimes for instance i'm wondering are you empathetic
0: i don't know if i would describe myself that way or tag myself that way i do feel um a great deal um about what's going on with the with the other person for sure and i think to be a good coach and to be a good um certainly a good coach you're feeling some of that right yes. you're you're holding yourself a, in a different place so that you don't take it on but you have to have a little bit of that in you or it doesn't work and I think getting sick gave me a lot more of that because I was not that person before right somebody would tell me Mm -hmm. and as a boss they would go oh I can't get out of bed it's too I'm like how hard is that put your feet on the floor and get your you know I've in my mind they were just being lazy
1: yeah
0: right and so now I look at it and go I have a completely different opinion of that now I get it I understand um but there's there were reasons it was happening that way for me, and so so trying to help them come out of that and, and find the ways um, to move past that so that they can get out of bed, right?
1: Totally, totally. Yeah. So Gord, I'm going to bring you back to when you were said that you were in bed for two years and you had no energy, you could not do anything. Were, were there any signs and symptoms that like were leading you to before being bedridden?
0: Um. Yes. Yeah, there were
1: we're like listening to listening to the body or listening to certain things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and being a guy, um, unless I cough up a lung, uh, I don't pay attention to it. Um, And one of the things that I have is ulcerative colitis and and Crohn's. So um, it, there was, there were signs of that, Mm -hmm. um, that I just ignored and some of them were pretty severe signs that i kind of went you know what um i think in our brain i turned 50 last weekend so oh, but happy I, birthday yeah thank you but i think my brain isn't 50 right in my brain i'm still you know 25 or 28 or what right so so i find out very quickly that i'm not when i think about going to the gym um seeing your pictures of you exercising, I was getting tired just watching you just looking (laughs) at a picture of me working out. But, um, but I think some of that, we think we're bulletproof and we think, you know what, that won't happen to me until it happens to you. Right. And, and and lots of that, but especially with physical and especially with guys, we, we tend to not, we ignore it and we put it off and we don't pay attention to it. And, and because we do that, um, there's, uh, my dad's got uh, prostate cancer and they say, if you catch it early enough, it it can, they can help it more than 90% of the time. The problem is most men don't, they ignore the symptoms and they just don't do anything with it. And then it's too late and they can't help them when they get far enough along. So being, being um, paying attention, you're absolutely right. If I'd have just paid a little more attention to what was going on, I, I probably could have avoided, but I think, um, people go well, your body let you down and I always look at them and go no no I let my body down uh, I didn't treat it the way I should have and, and to own that and go no no that's me doing something I shouldn't have been um, it wasn't my, it wasn't my body just arbitrarily you know saying hey I'm out it, it was me not treating it right <laughs>
1: It's big of you to say, and it's true that we have to take responsibility for what we do to our body because it's up to us to. Maybe we're the ones that decide what we're going to put in our mouth. We're decide how we're going to treat it. We're the ones that decide at the end of the day. So that's really awesome that you took responsibility and did something and you know I think that you know things happen for a reason because you wouldn't be here and doing what you're doing now and helping out so many other people in the world if you didn't go through that so there has to be something said about you know there's you're doing good for the world now as opposed to if you were the rhino that got hit by the two by four (laughs) in the end
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: what um Do you have any quick or simple guide that someone can do to help themselves to move that day to take some action
0: steps? Um, I find a lot of times scheduling, I try and schedule my day the night the latest the night before. So there's stuff that's going to change that. There's stuff that's going to come in. Obviously, we all have stuff that just shows up on the day. Um, But to block as much as I can ahead of time. So my day doesn't, doesn't end until I've set tomorrow. So at night, I already know what's going to happen, or at least what my plan is, right? There's only two things I think you can control. What you think and what you do are the only things you can control. So so I, I, I have an intention. I set an intention. Okay, this is what my intention is for tomorrow, right? Last night, I sit down and go, okay, so I got I, I to gotta get up and do my stuff in the morning, make sure I'm ready to, to talk to uh, Amanda at 10. And then, uh, you know, I've got five client appointments today. I've got a board meeting tonight. I got to be here for my boys in the afternoon. I've got a coffee with a buddy after the board meeting. But before, by, by the time all that ends, um, I still have to make sure that I've set for what tomorrow's going to look like, uh, so that I, I'm prepared for that and I know what's going to happen. It's very difficult to do that in the morning. Um, I find if we do it in the morning, we, we, it could be 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock before we get it done because life happens and we start to get into the flow of everything else. And it makes it even harder to get everything done. Like I said, blocking out time and time management is a monster, a huge thing and if i can obviously there's stuff that's going to mess that up but um being able to roll with that a little bit and go okay you know what at least i had the base set um and i i think people discount doing that prep the day before right i,
1: I totally agree and because a lot of it me working with my clients you know them getting it's the biggest one is is i am about a morning routine and i understand that people some people can't get up early and can't do the morning routine they rather do a night routine or whatnot but it's about learning to set the intention for yourself at the end of the day finding out what works best for you and as you know tony robbins's approach if that doesn't If if that doesn't work, try a different approach. And if that doesn't work, try a different approach. You keep trying different approaches until something actually works. It's like riding a bicycle. You're not going to tell your kid, oh, you can't do it after the first try. It's a a working movement that you're trying to create for yourself. But it's disappointing when they can't even get past the, oh, I can't do it. They just give up and whatnot. Like, I was at the Rustic Mama's retreat this weekend. I got to help facilitate that. And – there was one thing that we had to do was uh, a rock climbing, a little wall that we did. And it made me sad to how many people gave up after the second try. And yeah. the, everyone knew me as the encourager by the end because I didn't want anyone to give up. They, were, they, right. they went up two little boulder parts and then they would fall down. And they weren't giving themselves that credit. They already cut themselves short by not even giving that try. And I just wish that people gave themselves more time. And more patience to figure it out because this is a lifestyle that we're trying to create in the end
0: true absolutely well I think it's kind of bizarre to me that we when we're, when we're children right if, if for parents looking at their children as they start to try and walk they don't stand up once and fall down and and you as a parent you go no no come on come on you encourage them you can do this they don't fall down two or three times and then go you know what screw it walking is not for me that doesn't happen they do it 50, 100 times. They do it however many times they have to to get it to work. And as parents, as adults, we look at them and go, we encourage, we do exactly what you were doing. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And then at some point, life beats us down enough that eventually we don't even, we try twice and then we stop. Why? For, for whatever reason, whether it's embarrassment, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I don't believe in myself. It's we, we For some reason, we we buy into this, BS for lack of a better way to say that, that, uh, no, I can't do it. Well, yeah, you can, you have it inside you to do anything you want to do. Literally anything you can make anything happen. But, but a lot of times our own um, they talk about glass ceilings and people not being able to, there is there stuff like that? Yeah, there are, there is, but, but I think the biggest ceilings that we, we have, the biggest obstacles we have is ourselves. So (laughs) one of the things I say to my, one of my sons, Um, he's a, he connects with me on, on, uh, personal development stuff very, very well. So one of his five sentences he says in the morning that I gave him said, the first thing he tells himself, and he's, he looking into the mirror, looking in his own eyes when he says it. And he says, I am the biggest problem I will ever have. And I am the solution. Right. For him to understand, no, it's not, it's not going to be, I'm the problem. It's not out there. I'm the problem, right? It's up here. I need to change up here. So that, that it works. And if, until I can do that and get past myself or give myself permission to get there, I'm going to keep copying out or I'm going to keep putting limitation. I'm going to keep going. You know what? I can't do it. That's not, that's not my thing. Right. Well, stop telling yourself that. Yes, it is your thing. It can be your thing. If you want it to be your thing, it can be your thing. Stop telling yourself you can't do that. Yes, you can. For sure. my, my people laugh Why I, I write in my emails in capital letters. Yes, we can. And they sort of laugh at me and I'm like, it, it, you can. You absolutely can. You just want you bad enough. To take the other pieces away.
1: Oh, it's so true. I'm gonna just give like a little example. Um, this past weekend, I faced one of my fears of um, doing high ropes. Last time right. I did treetop trekking, it's kind of the same thing, but you're not in the tree in the forest. But regardless, the feeling is still the exact same thing. Yep. When uh, a few years ago I did it in Collingwood, and I was on the tie rope. I had a massive. It was a Saturday that we went. Probably should have been a Saturday. I should have been on my own to begin with. I had <laughs> massive kids, kids behind me, and here I am, like hugging a tree and basically beside myself because i felt like i could not do it i was scared shitless like i did not want to do this and i did as best as i could i got through the the easy part of the course it was the easy part of the course it was not easy but i was like when i did it when i had the idea i've I've been wanting to go back because i know my mind has changed i've been giving myself a lot more permission on working on my the mindset of saying yes i can do this i'm going to do this and I did do it this past weekend, like. But, but my four i was holding on the rope so tight, I was saying the f bomb <laughs> like. Here, but regardless, I got through it, and it felt good at the end of the day. And you know, I'm like, at the end, I'm like, does this get easier? Because it's my <laughs> second time, I didn't cry this time. I'm like, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it again because I do want to get better at. Because I'm like, I'm adventurous. That I think I. Just like I have this idea that I'm like, I can do, I'm like, I'm an adventurous person. I can do it. But I feel as I get older, I know what the consequences are, but I still want to still be that part a little bit of adventure, but I just wanted to share that saying like, yes, I can do this. and
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When I, you know what I find, somebody had told me uh, years and years and years ago, don't look back and have regrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can help it, don't have regrets. And I'm like, okay, so we, we started um, doing uh, more extreme type stuff. So, Um, Bungee jumping all over the place. But I remember the first few times, I remember the very first time they hooked me into the the elastic on my ankles, right? All those rubber bands and whatnot. And I remember looking back at one of my buddies who had talked us into that. And I said, We were on a bridge. And I looked back at him and I said, If I live, I'm going to kill you. And, And, but once you're off, you bounce around and whatever. I was like, That was awesome. Let's do that again. So then we bumped all over the place. But then eventually that goes away that pump, it goes away. So then we were like, okay, now what do we do? So we started skydiving. And again, the first time we got in a plane, right? I'm like, I'm going to kill you. If I live, I'm going to kill somebody. And, but uh, we jumped out. It's now 288 jumps. Holy moly. And it gets, it gets easier, right? The last two were halo jumps um, with the military in El Paso. and That's years and years and years ago now, but, but um you're at 43,000 feet, which is commercial airline height, wow. with oxygen strapped to yourself. It, it's, it's a completely different thing. But th- th- again, the cone on the back of the plane opens, and all you can see is the top of the clouds and the sun and whatever. It was gorgeous. But, but um, it scares you, and something inside goes, Ugh! but it makes you feel alive. And once I landed, um, on every time where you land and you're all jacked up and excited, uh, it, the feeling of accomplishment. No, no, I, I, I did that. Right uh, that was something I did i whether it was something I was afraid of, I wasn't really afraid of heights, but um most people don't want to do it. It's on their bucket list, or uh, maybe I'll do skydiving at some point um but it, it being able to do that um it stretches me and it and it tells me it also clears your brain very quickly of all the other crap in your life yes because you the that imminent could be right it's a calculated risk, but you could die, but it's. It's, um, being able to look at it and go, okay, so what are all the, it puts in perspective very, very, very quickly, all the other pieces. So all the things that are normal day to day crap sort of disappears and only the things that are the most important to you are the things that are your, your brain's focusing and thinking about as you're falling. And, and, um, it's a phenomenal thing to do. It really is.
1: Wow. That is so cool. So you're at 288 jumps to date.
0: To date, yeah. And I haven't done that in about 10 or 12 years. So there was a bunch wow. in a very short period of time. Yeah.
1: Definitely. <laughs> Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah. So I always ask people three questions um, near the end on, you know, if there were three things that you can share some with someone that is going through maybe similar situations to what you went through or something that, you know, you see that they, they haven't reached, they have this potential, but they just don't see it. What are three things that you would want to share with them? If this was the only time you could share it with them?
0: Um, I think the first thing is that they, they reach out. Cause I know I felt isolated and, and alone. And I think that's part of the reason it got so dark is because I didn't, I was embarrassed and I was ashamed that I'd let myself get that far. And, um, the alternative um, and you 've heard my story, so um, the alternative to reaching out and trying to get help is not being here anymore and um, that's that sometimes I've, I had always thought that was the easy way out it 's not as easy as you might think um, and and a lot of times you 're not looking at anything else you don't see the other options that are there so forcing yourself to reach out even when you're embarrassed. You know what? They will understand. If you're in that kind of a place, they will understand. So there are services, professional services you can reach out to. There's um, friends and family and work colleagues and even people you don't know that well. The the point is reach out. To somebody that you think you can trust, reach out. Because if um, anybody gets a call like that, anybody that gets a text message, hey, I need help, most people want to be able to help them. So that was part of the big thing for me was to, was to, I should have reached out before I did, um, to try and get some help. Um, as the first thing, the other thing, um, is spying things a little bit. So, um, I think sometimes we have a lot of clutter in our lives, a lot of things that distract us from, um, achieving the things that we want to. And so, prioritizing hey these are things that I have to get done writing them out I find journaling is a huge big thing for me um, I've got three I've got a personal one I've got a business one and I have a general one that, and the general one comes with me everywhere uh, my friends laugh at me that we have lunch we have breakfast we have a coffee we have what I've still got and they're like what did you bring that for we're not gonna well I don't know I, I something may come up I want to write down so I always have a pen and I always have my one of my journals and I think writing stuff out, even if it's just a few lines every day, it, it allows me to mark my measure, my progress. So I can go back 10, 15 years and read journals from back then and go, that's what I was thinking about then. I've grown so much since then. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And I think sometimes letting it out, writing it down, lets it out. It lets it into, um, it takes away the power. Right. So when I, I don't want to reinforce the negative stuff. Um, Sometimes writing gratitude journal um, helps me to focus on the, on the good stuff. Um, I used to lay in bed and when, when things were really, really bad, sometimes I would reach out to other people. So I'd go through my contact list and just send out, Hey, how are you doing? Um, Hope everything's good. Just wanted to say hi. It wasn't Hey, let's get together. It wasn't Hey, I'm having a shitty day. It wasn't, None of it was—it was just a positive push for me. But I would do it to thirty to fifty people. That made me feel better. Um, getting out of my own, looking outside me, I guess is—is is what I'm saying. And and being able to look at it and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to try and make somebody else's life a little happier today, or put a smile on their face. Excuse me. And what usually happened was. I got all these messages back going, hey, Gordon, how you doing? Haven't talked in forever. Hope you're doing great. Well, I wasn't, but it made me feel better that I wasn't by myself and I wasn't alone. And that, again, we go back to the energy. My my energy tr- was low trying to push out, but I got back their energy and it 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 helped keep me in a better place, right? Yes. Um, so some of those things are, they're, it's not hard. Um, I keep telling my sons the difference between um, ordinary and extraordinary is that little bit of extra, right? It's, it's actually executing the, the four things I always run with attitude and, and work ethic are the top two pieces because I can control them. But the other two things are accountability with consequences because I don't think we hold ourselves as accountable as we should. Mm-hmm. And the, right. We look at consequences as a negative thing because when we were growing up, consequences were right. Punishment, but in a business world and in an, as an adult consequences could be more education. It could be um, spending more time with family. It could be uh, more focused on yourself. It could be personal development. It can be lots of different things, but we have to hold ourselves accountable and there has to be a consequence. But the last one is execution. So I think the difference between that little extra that they're talking about when they say that ordinary to extraordinary, that extra is actually execution. Um, the Leafs are doing very well now or better now than they have been in a long time. Yeah. For a long time, they looked like a professional team. They had pucks and sticks and a state of the art facility and they had trainers and they had this big payroll. It was a, it's a professional team, but they couldn't execute. They would go into a, into a game with a plan, but they couldn't execute the plan. Consequently, they lost for most of my life. So, but, but anybody that can actually execute and the discipline and Jim Rohn, had taught me years and years and years ago, the uh, the weight of self-discipline is light compared to the weight of regret. The weight of regret will bury you. It, it, it's monumental and it will kill you over time. Having Doing the, the little bit of self-discipline it takes to make sure that, you know what, I set my, my intention, I set my plan, I set my day. I want to get this done. I, oh man, I really don't feel like going for the gym. I really don't feel like whatever it is you the discipline it takes to do it you do it make sure you do it because you'll feel better when you're done right and I'm sure you've had that in the gym you wake up and go no I don't want to go but when you you feel better right and you've accomplished something so um, that feeling of accomplishment and those little wins snowball and you get the little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and they say 17 times you do it 17 times and it becomes a habit so being able to do it over and over and over and over just for a little bit And the push to do it, eventually it will get easier, right? But I think a lot of times people let themselves off the hook. They don't hold themselves accountable. And there aren't any consequences because they're, right, they don't give themselves any of that. And the next thing you know, they're complaining because their life isn't where they thought it should be. And our, our lives, all of us, our lives are a combination of all the choices we've made up to that point, good, bad, or otherwise. And to be able to own that and say, you know what, I am where I am because of the choices I made it's not on anybody else it's the choices I've made I think is an empowering thing and I think a lot of people want to put it off no it's them it's them it's them it's because of this it's because my husband didn't treat me or my 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 employer fired me or didn't treat me what you chose to be in that environment you chose to be in that relationship right own it because once you own it it takes all the power you're taking back your own power you are taking back
1: your own power and you realize that life is happening for you
0: absolutely absolutely it's not happening to you yes right it's, uh, John Maxwell says, sometimes you learn, uh, pardon me, sometimes things work properly, and sometimes I learn, right? That's so a good way
1: of putting it too. Absolutely. That's a really good way.
0: Well, it's growing with intention. I think a lot of people organically let themselves grow, which is slower, and you're just at the whim of whatever happens to you. Living and growing and loving with intention, abundantly with intention is the way I normally write it. Um, is something that I do on purpose for me. I'm putting myself in that position over and over and over and over and over again so that I stretch and so that I grow and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Is something that most people don't want to do. And, no. and, you know, um, they tell a story about a, a young guy that wanted to be successful. And, and so he found this very successful businessman, California on the beach. And, and um, he said, the, the, the young man said to him, can I, I want to learn from you. I want to, I want to be you. And he said, sure, meet me here tomorrow morning at six A. M. And so the kid shows up and the guy in a suit, because it was a business thing, right? And the guy's in his in the, the older guy's in a tank top and bathing suit. And he goes, Okay, you really wanna you really wanna be successful? I said, yeah, I really want to be you really want to. Yes, excellent. Well come with me. And they get into the water and he's like, Well, I'm in a suit. No, no, get in the water. You said you want to be successful, you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, get in the water. So he got in the water and they go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually they're up to their shoulders in water, and the, guy, the young kid's like, this is crap. I, I didn't want a swimming lesson, I want to be successful. And this old guy jumps him and holds him down under the water, and the guy's thrashing around, thrashing around, thrashing around, the last minute he lets him up. And this young guy's like, you're crazy, you're, you're out of your mind, what are you, I, I'm out of here. And he starts to walk away. And this old guy said to him, what were you thinking when you were under the water? Well, I just wanted to breathe. Yeah, well until you want success, as badly as you want it to breathe, you're never going to get there. And that's, that stuck with me. And I'm like, you know what? We give ourselves permission not to do it because that's the easy way. Don't do that. Don't get, don't give yourself permission to let yourself off the hook, push, push, push. And it, it there's ways to do that with self care. You look after yourself. Someone had told me at the time uh, when I first started to get better, you need to pace. And I was like, pace, what is that? I had to go to a dictionary to find out what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> no concept of pace, um, But I, I'm like, okay. And I'm looking around, looking at all the people that I look up to, the Tony Robbins and the Grant Cardone's and the Giddemers and the, all these, uh, Darren Hardy, all these guys that Maxwell, all these guys that they're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I'm like, they're not pacing. So it's not pace. What is it? It's self-care they're looking after themselves at a level that they need to, to maintain that active lifestyle and they want to be more active. Great. Then you need to do more self-care and nothing, 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 nothing gets in the way of doing your self care. Nothing. Um, I have to do what I have to do for me before I do it for anybody else. Um, Before I can give myself to anybody else, I have to look after me. And, and I make the extra time to do that. I don't take time from my away from my children or away from my wife or away from my business. I find the time on my own, but I do it before I do anything else. And and I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to do that. So um, we got to do it. It has to be there.
1: So powerful. That was a beautiful way to end off on something like that, because it's true. If you want something so bad, you have to want it and you have to do anything it takes to get there because no one's going to do it for you. At the end of the day, it's all you. And Absolutely. it is so exciting. There's something to be so excited about when it comes to that, because this is you taking life by the balls and doing something with it that works best for you. You have right. more power than you think you do. Absolutely I love right. that. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, Gord, how can people find out more about you?
0: Um, show up at more Mondays once in a while.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: um, There's, there's uh, the three, the three companies, um, the life coaching, the jewel, I I haven't done, that's all grown organically. I haven't done anything with that um, to make it grow. And uh, I I met eight clients uh, that are on membership at the moment. And, and there's a waiting list because I don't want to go above eight um, or it gets too busy and I I, I can't do it. So um, the easiest way is uh, Gord, Gord Melville, two, one, two, the numbers two and two at gmail dot com. Um two two one two is the boiling point of water. And people sometimes will go, what is that was just something that was on there? No. Two one two is is boiling point. With with in the old days, turn of the century, they would run factories and run locomotives and the, all this massive movement with steam. Right? So I look at some of the people that I've worked with and I'm like, are you are you at two twelve? And they're like, what? Well, I think I'm, you know, I'm only at 198. It's really hot, but it's not 212. And until they get to 212, it, it you need to, you need steam at 212 to be able to run yourself. So it, it just keeps keeps things going. So emailing me is the easiest way to get a hold of me, and, and uh, you can text, you can email. Um, I, I'm easy to find. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twi- I'm on uh, not so much on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. We'll have all this in the description box as well. But okay. I do want to say that you are speaking at Mo Mondays coming up. When's the next one that you're speaking at?
0: I'm speaking in Barrie on June. I want to say 11th. June 11th. I, it's 11th. I think it's the 11th.
1: And then not too long after that, there'll be one in Niagara. But definitely check out Mo Mondays. We'll have that in the description box as well. But yeah, good, good, good. good. Thank I you appreciate so that. much, Gord, for being a part of this podcast. It was absolutely a delight. I'm so no so many people got out of uh, a lot of things that have self self care and actually how to take actionable steps and really knowing that you really have to want it so bad. And you're a prime example of what it does take to find yourself at the bottom, but gain yourself to that top. Absolutely, no, I appreciate it. Well, <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? It's inspiring to watch you watch you grow and and to watch you take the stage that that night um it wasn't something you'd had done before and and you you were courageous and you stepped into that and and you made that happen and you did phenomenally well um so it's inspiring to watch you do your thing it's a privilege to be here this morning
1: thank you so much thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon
0: okay make it a great day
1: well hello there did you love the episode of the relove and rise podcast head on over to itunes' rate, and leave a review. It is really, 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 appreciated. I really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. If you would love to connect with us, head over to reliveandrise.com and do not forget to sign up for our newsletter for more free material. See you on the next episode.